Hello and welcome to The Family Show and Happy New Year, everyone. I'm here with Randy Lee. Brenda, we're missing her one more time. But we, that's right. One more, but hopefully that will be remedied in the next. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and today we're going to talk about Charlie Brown Christmas. Well, you know, I, I thought that that would be a great place to start because Charlie Brown Christmas turned 58 this year, which, which means I've probably watched it. 56 or 57 times at least, right? I'm just, I'm kind of assuming that there's been a year or two when, when I haven't watched it, but I'm watching it again this year. I get to the part where Charlie Brown and Linus go off to find a Christmas tree, pass over all these incredible, perfect artificial trees on the lot. And they find the one scrawny little tree on the lot. Um, It's real, but it's shedding what few needles it has every time a breeze blows by it, right? So Charlie Brown embraces it, adopts it. He and Linus bring the tree back to where the gang is rehearsing the Christmas pageant. Everyone, even Snoopy, right, is stunned by Charlie Brown's selection. Boy, are you stupid, Charlie Brown. What kind of a tree is that? You've been a block here before Charlie Brown, but this time. And then Lucy, not Linus, Hmm. Lucy delivers the line of the show, right? And I had never noticed this line, the importance of it, the irony of it before, right? 56 times I've seen the show and I've missed this line, right? And it's it's actually the line that tells us what Christmas is all about, right? And it's not Linus, it's Lucy that delivers this line, right? Lucy says, can't you even tell the difference between a good tree and a poor tree? Mm-hmm. Can't you even tell the difference between a good tree and a poor tree? And in that line, there's all the Gospels in a single line, mm-hmm. right? Jesus came, the Word became flesh, because God can't tell the difference between a good tree and a poor tree, right? It's not a defect in Charlie Brown that he can't tell the difference between a good tree and a poor tree, and obviously he can't, right? It's because he is made in the image of the Father that he can't, and the Son, that he can't tell the difference between a good tree and a poor tree, mm-hmm. right? Right. It, it's so cool. We we think of Luke as really the big Christmas, Christmas gospel, right? right? Matthew has some cool Christmas stuff too, but Luke's the big Christmas gospel. And what do we find in Luke chapter 13? The parable of the garden gardener and the barren fig tree. Oh, right. Right? Got the owner of the garden. He's out enjoying his garden. He's strolling by a fig tree. Goes to get a fig. No fig. Right? No poorer tree than a fig tree that doesn't bear figs. So the owner calls the gardener over. Gardener. You got to cut down this worthless tree and plant me a new one, a new one, a good one, a good one, a good one. Right. And what's the gardener say? Didn't he ask for a little more time? That's right. Master, wait, just give me a year. Just give me a year to love that tree. You'll see what love can do. Mm -hmm. Right. Why does the gardener say that? Because expert as the gardener is, trained as he is, wise as he is, the gardener still can't tell the difference 
between a good tree and a poor tree. The gardener believes that his transformative love can still make even the poorest tree in the garden fruitful. Yeah. Make even the poorest tree beautiful, mm-hmm. right? What happens in Charlie Brown Christmas? Charlie Brown leaves with the tree, right? Leaves the this uh, re- rehearsal with the tree, right? He puts the one bulb on the tree, it bends over, and Charlie Brown thinks he's killed it. Right. Right, rushes off, Linus and the gang show up, and what's Linus say? I never thought it was such a bad little tree. All it needs is a little love. Love. Yeah. Exactly. And the gang lavishes love all over this little tree, and it comes back to life. It becomes beautiful, mm-hmm. right? One of, one of Brenda's nieces a few years ago was, was continuing faltering in this long-term struggle with drug and alcohol addiction, right? In the midst of this struggle, her husband says, we have been married for like eight, ten years, whatever the number was at that point. Mm-hmm. They had two kids. And her husband is like, we have been married for like 10 years, and in only a few of those years have I even known you. Wow. Wow. Right? Man, does that sound like fertile ground for divorce? Yeah. Right? That that means it, yeah. it doesn't get... Right? You are so messed up that... We live in the same house. I'm married to you. We're supposed to be raising children. And I don't recognize you. And I don't recognize. I don't even know who you are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But here's the problem. Her husband, her parents, her kids, they could see the addiction. They could see the fruits of it, the brokenness, the destruction, disease eating away. But they couldn't see that the tree was bad. Yeah. Exactly. They kept loving the tree. They understood that you can't just hang one ornament on the tree and think everything is fine. fine. That's exactly right. All these people who loved that tree finally finally got our niece into a Christian based treatment center in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, there's lots of rehab centers between them and Tennessee, right? But people were telling them, this is the one that is her best hope. This is the one that is her best shot, right? So they get our niece, you know, down into this treatment center, right? And God's love is transformative, Mm -hmm. right? Today, right, bunch of years later, Our niece is a wife, she's a mom, right? She's a daughter again, but she's also a counselor, intake specialist at that same treatment center, right? Mm -hmm. Another great great Luke story, like Luke 7, Luke is dining at the home of Simon the Pharisee, right? And and this woman shows up, right, less than illustrious nature, right? Mm Luke tells us that she lived a sinful life. Right. Right. But she comes into the Jesus dinner, right, in spite of being a sinner. She right. comes to the Jesus dinner, right, starts crying on Jesus' feet during dinner, right, washing. A little it. distracting. Exactly. And just not kosher. Kosher. Right. Okay. Whatever. Right. She starts washing his feet with her hair. She's pouring her perfume all over him. 
and and Simon the Pharisee, smart guy, is like, this Jesus guy is no prophet, right? Mm-hmm. He can't even tell what sort of woman is right. touching him. Right. Prophet, this guy can't even tell a good tree from a bad tree. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. And Jesus reads Simon's thoughts. And he says to Simon, you're right. I can't tell a good tree from a poor tree. All I can do is immerse those who come to me with my love. Mm-hmm. Right? Funny thing. Church tradition teaches that that woman, doesn't say explicitly in the Bible, but church tradition teaches that that woman doing all the hair washing and the all that stuff, Mary of Magdala, mm-hmm. right? Who stood at the foot of the cross and was the first to proclaim the resurrected yeah. Christ. Yeah. Right? The, tra- the, the transformative power of love. Of love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. We're, we're still watching Christmas movies in the Lee House, right? Obviously. And, and last night we were watching Muppet Christmas Carol, <laughs> right? Little Tiny Tim, Tiny Kermit sings this song called Blessings. Great line, which again, I'd never heard before, right? I look into the eyes of love. And I know that I belong. Mm-hmm. I look into the eyes of love and know that I belong. Not, I look in the eyes of love and know I'm a poor, bad tree. Right. Right. We don't earn God's embrace by no. being good trees. No. Intimacy with God is not something we earn on earth and experience later in heaven. Mm-hmm. God wants intimacy with us now. Yeah, I heard this in, this line at, at a conference I went to. It said, "It his intimacy is come into me and see. Exactly. Now, even. Right? Now. God observes at creation, right? God observes at creation. It is not good for man to be alone. Well, knowing that, why would God want you to wander the earth alone? Right? If God didn't want to stay with you, be with you, why would he send himself to be born in a stable? And if God, right, and, and and not only send himself in a state, but then call himself Emmanuel. Yeah. A little ironic. I don't want to be with you, but I want to call myself God with us, right? Mm-hmm. Why would God turn himself into a cracker and require you to eat him once a week if he didn't want to be intimately associated with you? Yeah, good point. Right? Mm-hmm. We're dealing with a God who longs to cleave to us. His word, not mine, right? Sister Mary Grace of the Sisters of Life has this great line, God made you to be his new home, Mm. right? God made you to be his new home. The point of you is intimacy with him, Mm -hmm. right? What was it you said intimacy was? Come into me and see. And see, exactly, Mm -hmm. right? What will be revealed? Not what will be lost, what will be revealed when you and I are one. Yeah. And that's what has to happen. And the neat thing is, well, there's a lot of neat things about it, but we don't earn it. God, look into his eyes like little Kermit, or was it Kermit yeah. the Frog that said? Kermit Jr. You look into his eyes and know, and know you belong. Are we perfect? No. But he doesn't ask that of us, at least initially. No. Well, I mean, that's, that's the incredible thing is when he, the reason that we look into his eyes and know that we belong 
is because he sees, right? He sees in us the transformative power of love, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't, he doesn't see all the mistakes and messed up and brokenness. I mean, he sees, this is my daughter. Yeah. This is my beloved. This is my spouse. This is my mother, right? Same thing that we're talking about with, you know, when, when my niece is just so lost. The people who love her are not saying, whoa, this is a broken one. Right. Right. They're saying, this is my beloved. Yes. We're going to take a break right here, but stay with us. You're listening to The Family Show on Holy Family Radio, and we're talking about, well, for one thing, a Charlie Brown Christmas, and then some. Stay tuned. back with the family show i'm here today with randy lee missing brenda but she's going to be back very much missing Brenda. very much missing her. she'll be back very soon um we're talking about uh we started the program with charlie brown's christmas now we're morphing into intimacy and great lines from sister mary grace that's where well, that's, that's where we were right so we and, and i forget what does intimacy mean Come into me and see. There you go, right? So we're talking about like how close God wants to be to us, how how He sees us, how intimate He wants our experience with Him to be, and also we're talking about great lines from from Sister Mary Grace of the Sisters of Life. And rolling into the new year, I was I was watching a talk by Sister Mary Grace where she asked this incredible question, haunting question, really, right? And if you're looking for something to wrap your head around, wrap your life around in the new year. Mr. Miss, or Sister Mary Grace had this, this really challenging question, right? So Sister Mary Grace is in prayer with God, right? She's trying to figure out what she's about, right? She's not a nun yet, right? She has no sense of any calling on her life in any direction at all, kind of, kind of floundering, right? Um, and not really recognizing that she's floundering. It's kind of, sort of frustrated, sort of in the shadows, trying to figure out what direction to move in. And all of a sudden spontaneously she asks God, God, what if what I want is what you want? And what you want is what I want. And I know there's a lot of wants there, so stay with me on that. What if what I want is what you want and what you want is what I want, right? Mm -hmm. So, So what's up with that? What's she saying, right? And and I think if I had to be honest about how I read the Bible, right, I would say that when Adam and Eve committed original sin, God's will, not our will, but mm-hmm. God's will got distorted. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And and when it got distorted, he went from this loving God to this God who wanted us to be miserable until we get to heaven. And if we're miserable enough here and we sacrifice enough here, mm-hmm. you know, and we go unfulfilled enough here, then we'd earn heaven and eternal paradise, mm-hmm. right? Um, God still loves us, but as I said, he's distorted, you know, um, he's a little bit off and he doesn't get us. He doesn't get what will make us happy. So he threw us out of paradise and here we are constantly having to ask ourselves, do I pursue happiness mm-hmm. or do I pursue God, right? Mm-hmm. 
um, God, I know you have a plan for my life. I would just prefer the plan that would actually make me happy. Yeah. Right. And, and so I'm going to go my way. God, you blink. I'm going to go my way and I'll square it with you in confession or when I get to heaven, you know, we'll work it out or at some point we'll work it out. But, but right now mm-hmm. I need to do what I want to do to get what I want. Right. But if you sister Mary Grace's line. But what if it turned out that the one who actually got distorted by original sin is not God, right? but is me, Yeah, right? And when I actually come to myself, right, there's Mm -hmm. that line from the prodigal son again. When I actually come to myself, what I really want deep down is what God is already trying to give me, Mm -hmm. right? Sister Mary Grace had this great advice. We need to start wanting what we want rather than wanting what we think will get us what we want, right? There's a New Year's resolution. Want what you want, not what you think will get you what you want, right? Mm -hmm. So what do I want, right? I want a car or a house or a spouse or a date or a million dollars or a new job or a bigger audience or a more fruitful life, right? Why do I want that stuff? Because I want to be happy, and I think that's what's going to make me happy. That's exactly right. Because I believe those things will Mm -hmm. bring me peace or a sense of value or meaning or freedom or love or belonging, right? Guess what? God wants you to have peace. He wants you to have value. Mm -hmm. He wants you to have meaning. He wants you to be free to love and belong. But when we step out of his will, outside of his will, we don't know what we want. That's that's exactly right. We get we get we know what we want. We get tripped up. We we think we got to get other stuff to get that stuff. Yeah. Right? Where things break down is that God believes he is the way to those things. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I am the way. Right. I am the truth. Yeah. I am the way to abundant life. Right. right. God believes if we, silly God, right? God believes that if we love him, serve him, belong to him, surrender to him, there's an ugly word, surrender to him, yeah. then we will experience that love, that value, that peace, that freedom, that meaning, that belonging that we're seeking, that we're looking for. He told us, I came to bring life life to you abundantly, That's in abundance. Abundant. We don't believe it. No, no, of course not, right? Silly God, right? Well, why would God believe all that stuff, right? He wants to hide behind a tree and catch me when I'm doing wrong. That's right, right. I think the problem arises because we confuse two very different concepts. Hmm. We confuse surrender mm-hmm. with resignation. Right. Right. So what's the difference? When you resign, you lose. Right. You accept defeat. When you resign in a chess match, you tip the king over and acknowledge failure. Right. Surrender is a yielding of will, but not necessarily an acceptance of defeat. Right. Exactly. You can surrender Mm -hmm. and still triumph. Yeah. You're just giving yourself over to new management. Yeah. Right. Surrender, of course, can look like res- resignation. It just mm-hmm. depends on who you are surrendering to, to right? right. You got to surrender the right things, yeah, right, or right person, right? Mary is confronted by the angel Gabriel with 
surrender to God. Yeah. Right? How's he sell it to her? Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor. Favor with God. That's exactly favor with God. God, who is all good and all powerful, wants Mary on his team. Yes. Right? He values her. Together, they can go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> but for that to happen, she will have to embrace his will. Yes. She will have to surrender her, her will to his. And he invites her to do that. To, he do, he, see, God doesn't impose that on us. He did give us one thing that we have, each of ourselves, is our own will. But in order to do God's will, we have to surrender our will to him. That's exactly right. You need to trust him and surrender to him, mm-hmm. right? If you surrender to the right person, it's not resignation. It's not losing. It's winning. But it has to be to the right person, someone who loves you, someone you can trust. If you think of a, an example of, you know, a dad with his kid and the kid's like, hey, dad, you know, can I have those matches? Because I really want to start a fire over here, you know? And dad says, uh, you know, you're really not ready for that. So why don't you let me do it? Yeah. I want you to be about fire. Let's. I love having fire with you. I, I <laughs> just want the fire to be the light of love blazing inside of you as opposed to our house, mm-hmm. right? I mean, think John 4, right? Samaritan woman at the well, John 4, right? She gets to the well. What she thinks she wants? She wants water. She wants a husband. She wants neighbors who will stop judging her. Right. right? What Jesus thinks she needs. Living water. Well, go ahead. Yeah. The water he would give her. Right. But she can only get that water if she surrenders herself over to him. Yeah. Right. She's got to see her life through his eyes. In his eyes, there's still hope for that tree. Yeah. Right. It's so interesting. We read the story and we think Jesus happens to encounter this woman. Oh, right. Yeah. Right? Okay. So maybe Jesus was hungry to love. Jesus was hungry to heal, transform. Right. Jesus is into that stuff. Right. But anybody would do. Right. Meeting her was a coincidence. Right. He knew she'd had five husbands and was living with a guy who was not her husband. Right. right? Jesus knew how desperately she hungered to be loved. Yes. To be really immersed in real love, to to belong, to feel safe, to feel accepted, right? Jesus knows all that stuff, but Jesus doesn't know her address or when she goes to the well. Does right. that make any sense at all? No, it doesn't make any sense. Please, it's not a story of coincidence. No. It's a story of passion. Yeah. Jesus planned his whole journey. He sends his disciples off. Yeah. So he can be alone with this woman. There's that intimacy again, That's isn't there? Right. He wants to immerse this wounded heart in his love. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Matthew Kelly wrote recently, the greatest blessings await on the other side of surrender. Mm. The greatest blessings await on the other side of surrender. What would have to be true? What would happen to, what would have to happen in this new year for you to surrender for you to make yourself 100% available to God. I think there's some people out there asking that question right now. That's exactly right. Lord, I want that living water, mm-hmm. right? 
what do I got to let go of? Mm, right? How, how do I dispose myself to drink what you're serving up? You know, um, I, I heard something recently. I never know where I hear these things. I listen to so many podcasts. But talking about uh, when Jesus called Lazarus forth, you know, first thing he said was, move the stone. Okay? If you think about that in our own hearts, for us to surrender ourselves, move the stone. And Lazarus came out, and the next thing they did was, he said to remove the bandages. Well, you can also look at that as remove the bondages. You know, what are those bondages? What are those stones or rocks that we have between us and the love of God? Well, you know, and that's, Eleanor, that's a great example. One of the questions that came up to me recently was, I wonder what Lazarus was wearing underneath the <laughs> the burial cloth, right? Yeah. But you know what? I mean, Jesus doesn't care. The reason he doesn't care is because the bandages cloths have to be removed, mm-hmm. right? That part of you that's broken it's got to be peeled gotta off. Got to go. Right? Mm-hmm. And and Brenda has this great prayer. I just, I just love this. Surround me in your boundless love. Cover me with your precious blood. Surround me in your boundless love. Cover me with your precious blood. We think of, of love as this kind of very tiny thing that flows between, sort of trickles between us and God. Yeah. Right? And God wants to just grab us and just drench it like like the woman drenched him at dinner yes, right yeah. in the perfume yeah he wants to just grab us and immerse us in that love but we got to be open to it wow well yes we do and we're out of time we are it's always happened so fast but we invite all of you to join us every friday at twelve thirty on am 720 for the family show and keep us in your prayer for brendan randy lee i'm eleanor rossman and we leave you with the beautiful sound of seasons 